see, here's where the disconnect is. I can tell you that I think an unhealthy percentage of this roster isn't anywhere near as invested as the core is, as the main guys are. And I'll feel very good about that information. But when you ask me to follow up with, well, who are the names? Who are these people? I'm going to struggle, if only because I don't think it's about individual effort as much as it is collective focus. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates in the same place that you found this. Canucks 4, Penguins 3 in overtime. Elias Pettersson, one of the more skilled players on the planet, put a breakaway forehand. And he kind of went forehand, backhand, and then forehand again and just kind of shoved it through Tristan Jari's five hole to win it on the three-on-three. The Penguins had their moments. Let me rephrase that. Sidney Crosby had his moments. Sid scored the second goal to pull the Penguins within 3-2. Then he scored the third one to tie it and to make sure that the Penguins got a point that they probably didn't deserve given the way they started and the way their second period started. All of that changed with Sid's first goal, and then he just did what he's been doing pretty much all season long, which is willing his team to points. The problem with that is the same thing that happened in this game, which is that even he can't will them to both of the points every night. He's been he's been beyond my ability to select an adjective, okay? That's how great he's been. 36 years old. And even if he wasn't 36, if he was 26, this season would be exceptional. But these guys came out flatter than flat. And that went for their skating as well. And as one veteran told me, afterward, we were just watching them, meaning the Canucks. We were just watching them. And that's that's actually an accurate description. It really is. I understand that the Penguins aren't the first team to get burned by Pedersen, Brock Besser, and JT Miller. That's Vancouver's top line. They've been putting up points, wow, I mean, pretty much at will for about a month now. And when you see them, you can you can understand to an extent why not only defensemen but also forwards that are coming back will have trouble with them because they do things that are unpredictable. They don't stay in their lanes. They don't uh, – it, it's not rod hockey when they're out there. You know, there's a lot of movement, especially with Pedersen. So it's not like if I criticize Nolachari, for example, for grossly overskating Pedersen on a trackback, and he flies way past Pedersen, then makes a really ugly wide turn to come back, as opposed to the skate stop that you really want to see there, hard skate stop, well... Pedersen's got a year and a half to make a play. He's going to make a play, and he did slid it over to Besser for a tap-in. 
Does that mean that Achari doesn't care? No, no. What it means is that there's still a lot of players on this team who will do the wrong thing as it applies to a team perspective. Achari's a fourth liner. He's got no business making a turn like the one that he did. He does have business coming back and checking the way he did, or at least attempting to check, but he can't make that turn. Jeff Carter is now on the fourth line. You and I can say, because he's popped a couple of goals here and there, that he's looked a lot better than last season. I thought he had a couple of outstanding shifts last night. Really? Jansen Harkins is on that fourth line, too. Harkins pretty much made the Penguins' first goal, uh, the slab shot by Marcus Pedersen. But when Carter's the guy who's coming back on Besser and he just loses him and just lets him go, that's what I'm talking about. It's not that Carter doesn't care or that Carter's lazy or that Achari doesn't care or that Achari's lazy or Evgeny Malkin makes a giveaway and then he doesn't care. He's lazy. It's not that. It's that they don't seem to ever fully absorb who they need to be to be successful. They'll absorb it in little bits and bites, and then they'll really, really, really go at it and make you think, oh, yeah, they can beat anybody, just kind of like the way they did for the second half of this game. They were the better team, and actually, they were the better team by a broad margin, I'd say. They really spent a ton of time in the Vancouver zone. I thought Thatcher Demko, who I really don't think much of, was very, very good in the third period for Vancouver. Why'd they take so long? Because they, 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 they don't apply themselves toward the team concept versus what comes naturally to the individual. So is that a flaw of the roster? Is that a flaw of character? Is that a flaw of coaching? I'm nowhere near that smart, but I know that it's exasperating watching Sid have to make up for a lot of this. You know who led the team in hits last night? Sid. You know who went to the front of the net when no one else did for that tying goal? Sid. You know who got rabbit punched in the back of the head by JT Miller just to see what the other team's reaction would be? Sid. You know what the other team's reaction was? Not a damn thing. That's what Sid's doing right now. Sid is aware of everything. That's who he is, not just as a player, but as a person, he is just omniscient, okay, at the risk of sounding dramatic. He knows what's wrong with this team. He's not going to say it. What he'll try to do is exactly what we're seeing, which is to make up for all of it himself. And that's just, that's not going to work, my friends. It's not. When we come back, J1Q. J1Q comes from Peter, who says, DK, when, if ever, will this team start to consistently play 60 minutes the way they played the third period of this one? It's so binary with them. Either dominate or be dominated. What will it take to change that? Oh, man. I don't feel like I often get stumped here. 
but what will it take to change that? I would start with this and hear this out because this is going to sound overly simplistic. I would get myself a left-handed defenseman capable of playing ice hockey at the National Hockey League level. If that sounds mean, so be it. Watching P.O. Joseph try or not try to move Eliash Pedersen from the Pittsburgh net front right before Pedersen would score on a tip, that's, that's, that's stomach-turning stuff. And I understand that my upbringing in hockey is very different about the way defense is played in front of your own net, but it hasn't changed that much. Coaches still emphasize it. Players themselves still emphasize it. Referees, most importantly, will still, for the most part, allow it. They'll allow you to get tough in front of your own net. Now, you really shouldn't be, you know, ramming a stick into the back of somebody's neck. But you can be physical. You can push, you can shove, you can joust, you can even use the stick a little bit. Watching that with Pedersen being on the other end of it, this this kid is 160 pounds soaking wet. Now, P.O.'s not <laughs> much thicker than that frame-wise, but I, I just don't have any use for it. I think so much of this starts on the back end. I love the way, let me put it a different way, that this Penguins team feels on those rare occasions when John Ludwig is out on the ice. I'm not suggesting goonery here, and I really don't care about his fighting or the fact that he took on or picked a fight with Matt Martin from the Islanders, because that's clearly the reason he's out again. I like his style, like defensively. I like what he brings back there. He seems sure-handed with the puck. He'll move it where it needs to go. There's no nonsense to his game. And you have yet another element to be added in the back that makes opponents fear coming into your zone. It's probably too dramatic a term. Nobody should really fear anything at the top level of any sport. But you want them to at least think twice about going and hanging out in front of your goaltender. You don't want Pedersen to be comfortable with it. And I, I really feel like a lot of stuff about the Penguins would change then because what would, what would occur next is that there'd be an understanding that would be buttressed by real results that if this team defends first and foremost, and how many months have I been saying this now, then it'll always be fine. But if Sid is your guts and grit leader, and he's leading you in hits, and he's the only one that's going to the front of the net, and he's the one that's doing the back checking and everything else here, this is all backward. This is all backward. Then the results that you do get, the points that you get, the wins that you get, they're falling on the backs of a single player. You're not getting anything done collectively because, and this goes to your question here, where's the consistency? It would require all of the players being of a similar mind working toward a similar goal. It, it, don't bite my head off for this one, okay? But I'm going to throw an example out at you. 
And that would be the current, the ongoing Winnipeg Jets, who have the best record in the NHL. And I don't think anybody anywhere would say they've got the best talent in the NHL. They got the best goalie. And they've got some outstanding players, Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers, Cole Perfetti's been outstanding, young kid. But for the most part, this isn't some star-laden roster. What they've done from reading about them and seeing them from afar is that they've been really, really, really tight. They have a streak going now of 28 games in a row of allowing three goals or less, and they've taken a lot of pride in that, and that's carved their identity. I don't think something like that can happen in Pittsburgh with this makeup. Part of the reason for that is, I mean, these are guys who've scored a lot of points for the most part. Some of them, not all of them, you know, the the top handful. And you're never going to get, for example, Yevgeny Malkin to be that guy, you know, who just says, uh, I'm going to flip a switch here and I'm going to be all defense. I've asked him about that. I've asked him about Sergei Fedorov, who he's called, you know, the greatest Russian player ever. Fedorov, when he was later in his career, Fedorov totally flipped that switch and he became the best defensive forward in hockey after at one time being the best offensive forward in hockey. That's not coming for Gino. Gino doesn't have that gear. So you're asking a lot of people to do stuff that they've not done before in their careers. They can want to and still not necessarily be good at it or apply themselves I appreciate the question. It's a really good one. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins, and we will do another one of these on Monday. 